right, shalom and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Brutal Planet right here on Yeshiva Radio. My name is Christopher Fredrickson. It's an honor and a pleasure to be with each and every single one of you here today for this very special and off-the-cuff, might I say, teaching. Now, uh, some of you guys are noticing that the video quality isn't quite up to par as it usually is, and it's because of the fact that we're using a, a new app, testing out a new app, that we're going to be using on a Thursday with our um, broadcast with Matthew Bartlett that we do every two weeks. And um, we're testing out uh, BeLive.TV. We're testing out their platform and seeing how it actually works in a teaching, uh, in a uh, in an actual teaching. So basically what, we decided, what I decided to do today is I ended up seeing something that was actually – rather surprising to me in many ways very surprising and because i ended up getting this uh this uh one of the things that happens on social media is for some reason people who are a part of the sacred name movement somehow think that i somehow believe like it is that they do how the heck they ever come up with that idea i have no clue None whatsoever. But at times, they decide that they are good. And so what I tend to do is I say, you know, basically, uh, I'm, you know, I believe much differently than you. Uh, you know, I am not a part of the same movement that you are. So, you know, this is going to end badly. So I decided to not add you when you have, you know, requested to be added. And so usually what ends up happening and this always ends up happening each and every single time is I realize quickly that the reason for wanting to add me is so that they could argue. That's their entire goal. That's what the cut of their jib is about. That's what they want to do. And so, you know, the thing about those, they make that very relevant very early on and they have this formula that they try and compose. Oh, well, you know, I'm actually only here to learn. I'm not a part of the sacred name movement. And it's like, okay, I was born at night, but it wasn't last night. Because when I look at your feed there, within your feed there, I'm seeing all this stuff saying you have to pronounce God's name this particular way. And you're bashing other people, you know, who don't, you know, and all that stuff. Or use the word God or Hashem like myself, you know. And so the thing is that, uh, you know, we ultimately end up, going and uh, seeing these things, you know, uh, happening right there on, um, you know, in these messages that they end up sending me and their anti-Semitism really starts to come out. Well, today was a very interesting one because <laughs> what ended up happening was essentially I had this guy and I, and I was going through, you know, this entire diatribe with him saying, you know, brother, I, I, I don't believe like it is the, the, the you do. And he's, you know, kind of gets a little bit combative and he goes, he's, he finds a picture of me. And one of the very first things he finds is me wearing my tefillin, you know, he's like, what's that darn thing you got with the boxes on your head and, you know, and the, uh, and the leather straps and, you know, all of this, you know, what is your problem? You know, why is it that you got all of these things? Uh, Tabitha says, must be Dawn. She's always up to no good. No, Tabitha, it was not this uh, this mystical character uh, named Dawn that, that we all supposedly know. 
Um, uh, shalom, shalom to Alvin as well there. Uh, but no, basically. And so, you know, so basically I say, he goes, he goes, now that's not found anywhere in scripture. And I go, really? Why is it mentioned in Matthew chapter 23? Why do we find it a couple of times right there uh, within that of, um, within the Torah Shebek Tav? Why is it that we find it a couple of times there? Why do we see this uh, word to fill in? used rather often or tetaphos we find that you know you know found in several different places within that of the bible you know if it's not there then you know you you, you might want to learn your bible and he goes and then they stay then what happens is they start in on the anti-semitism they immediately have to go into that and so basically they go into the uh, anti-semitism Felon, fel, uh, what, L, uh, I, 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 felon. I don't know. I don't know who you're talking about there. I have no clue. But uh, anyway, so they go and they start in on all of this stuff, and so basically, the entire idea is he goes in and he says, "Now nowhere in the scripture, and I can prove this, is there the word Jews or Judaism." No, I think the guy's name was, geez, Tabitha, I'm telling you, you keep getting me off track there. This is what happens when you allow some of your friends to, uh, dude's name was Michael Carter. There was nobody named Don. But uh, anyway, so basically he goes, within the scripture, there is no such thing as Jews or Judaism whatsoever. None whatsoever. There's no such thing as either one of those within that of the Bible. And I was sitting over there saying to myself, my gosh, this person has to be on some, some pretty hard drugs, you know, in all honesty, to think this. And so basically I ended up going and letting it be known that, you know, that these are the messages I ended up getting. And quite a few people then, then go and say, oh, I've run across this. This is rather prevalent this is rather common this uh happens rather often these people pop up all over the place and um yeah you know this is kind of a big thing you know of people saying that there's no uh jews and no ism no judaism within that of the bible and i go well that's uh i i don't understand this you know i'm sitting there I, first of all i have to ask myself what bible is it that they are reading and then I started to kind of, you know, see some some of this stuff, started to research this out a little bit. And upon going and researching this out, what I ultimately end up saying is that this is a talking point that is derived from that of a mixture of Kairitism and Ephraimite identity, a.k.a. two-house the theology. Okay? This is where this whole thing comes out of. Okay? Because... Many people go and uh, go and try and prove two house theology by going to Ezekiel chapter th uh, 13, uh, 37, verses 17 through 19. And you, we all know the verses, you know, with the with the two sticks, you know, and all that stuff. One for Judah and one for Ephraim, you know, and all these other things. And they say we are waiting for these things um, to be. Uh, fulfilled, and I see we got a question there from from L, and I'm and I'll get into that question here later. Um, I'll I'll get into that. Uh, she's asking about the tefillin. I'll I'll get into that. But but let's just go ahead and set the stage first of all. 
But essentially, what happens is one of the big, huge issues with the Ephraimite identity slash two house movement slash Kairitism is this idea that we have to get rid of all history, that we can essentially create our own history, that we can make it up as we go along based upon, you know, what our interpretation is of the Bible and certain passages here within the 21st century on the other side of the world from where Israel is, you know, and all that stuff that we can actually come up with our own ideas based upon the 21st century mindset. We can do that and it's totally kosher. And so the thing is that um, this, this happens rather often within the Ephraimite identity slash two house movement slash Kairitism because Kairitism ultimately rejects Tadashi Bialpei, ultimately rejects the Altarum. And so the thing about this, one of the things I tell people all the time is that, first of all, it is known if you read the Bible, especially if you do the Torah portions every single week, that Tadashi Bialpei is a biblical concept because of the fact that we have two Torah portions, Mishpatim and Shoftim, that go and say to listen and do as the rulings of the Sanhedrin say. You know, and the thing about it though is that within that of Tarashi Bialpei in the Mishnah, we have those rulings. Okay. And this is a part of, you know, a, a basic biblical text. You know, these are the rulings of the Sanhedrin that is either within the bold print or whatever, or within the capital print that you find within that of Talmud. Okay. That's what that is. That's the Mishnah section. And Mishnah means repetition. As a matter of fact, we have a, an entire book of Mishnah within that of Torah Shebek Tav, within that of the written Torah, which is that of the book of Davarim, the book of Deuteronomy. It's a Mishnah. It's a repetition of that of the um, of the, uh, the the books of Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers. It's a repetition. It's kind of uh, the Cliff Notes version, if you will. And so the thing about it, though, is that First of all, we have these rulings. In fact, you know, God's pretty adamant about it. He says, do these are the penalty of death. We then see Yeshua go and say, listen and do as the Pharisees say. Now, what's the difference between the Pharisees and the other sects, such as the Sadducees and the Essenes? Well, the, the Pharisees did rely upon Tadashi Bialpei. Why? Because the written Torah tells us to rely upon Tadashi Bialpei. You know, and so that's the difference. That's why it is that Paul says, I am a Pharisee. I've done nothing against our traditions. And he says, I believe in Techiah. I believe in the concept of Mashiach. I believe, you know, in, in the Elom Haba and the kingdom of heaven. And he says, these are the things that the Sadducees reject. Why do the Sadducees reject these things? Because of the fact that these are not concepts that are within the written Torah. It is instead within that of the oral Torah is where it is that these concepts come from, not from that of the written. And so without you don't even have a New Testament. Now, what does this have to do with the idea that these people propagate that there's no such thing as Jews or Judaism, and why is this relevant? Because of the fact that one of the things I tell people who are beginners is I say, first of all, you should not be studying Talmud. 
You should not be studying Mishnah, Tosefta, Gemara, you know, any of that stuff. You shouldn't be studying that early on. But you should have a very healthy respect for it, a very healthy respect. And why is that? Because of the fact that, first of all, you're not ready for the halakha, but however, if you if it is that you want to fulfill mitzvahs, if you are, you know, a person who's a B'nai Noach or, you, you know, or even earlier further down, say that it is that you are Ivrit, which is a person who is just starting out, also known as a Hebrew, and then you start to, you know, go and become a Ger Toshav, which is a person who resides within that of the Jewish community and is bound to quite a, to a couple of mitzvahs, not many. But, uh, you know, we also have, you know, uh, B'nai Noach as well, you know, which also operate as Ger Toshav in the mitzvahs in which it is that they fulfill. The thing about it, though, is that there's a proper way to fulfill them to be a part of the community. Okay, now the thing to give you kind of the idea of why it is that the Hebrew Roots Movement and the Sacred Name Movement and these, you know, anti-Jewish, you know, there's no Jews, no Judaism in the Bible people operate is, have you ever seen the movie Airplane? Okay. There's a movie, it's a, the movie Airplane is a very funny movie. But I always end up thinking of these people whenever it is that I watch the scene where it is that you have the the, the lady that uh, played Mrs. Cleaver on Leave it to Beaver. She is over there in the plane and she's talking jive. And she's going and saying, oh, you know, you know, uh, uh, stewardess, I, I speak jive, you know, and she goes and she, she goes, and she says, what he's saying is hit me up on the med side and uh, cut me some slack, Jack, you know, and all of these things. And so the funny thing about it, though, is the reason why that's so funny is because of the fact that you have the lady that was in Leave it to Beaver, who's in her 70s sitting there speaking in a dialect that was a part of the urban community during the time of the late 1970s. Now, you don't have jive anymore. Just like you don't have, you know, some of the, the phraseology from, from, from the jazz era, you know. When somebody would mess up on something, they would say they, they went and they screwed the pooch. Now, if you say that today, it's going to have a totally different connotation. And so the thing with this is that the thing we have to realize is that when it comes to Tarashe Bialpay, we could be going and reading idiomatic expression much like, cut me some slack jacket, I'll hit you up on the med side, you know, and say, okay, well, I'm going to go and interpret that in my 21st century uh, uh, understanding of what is being said here, as opposed to the 1970s. Now, that's just 40 years right there, just a 40-year difference between the time of the movie Airplane till today. And the funny thing about those, you have a, a kid watch Airplane today, they're like, what is that lady talking about? What is Jive? I've never heard of this. And so therefore, you have to go and research what Jive is and all that stuff and go and, you know, uh, go and watch some, some, some early things to learn about Jive and some old early things that were written about speaking Jive and all these things in order to understand what jive is and what community was a part of and so on and so forth. We have to, and now if we're doing that to learn jive, how much more important is it to do this with the Bible? So therefore, the thing about it, though, is that even a person who's against it, I should be pay. And, you know, again, say they, they reject the entire Torah portions of Mishpatim and Shoftim. They just go and flat out reject that. Okay? Say it is that they do that. And the thing about it, though, is at the same time, they have to at least have 
secular history. Say that it is that they see Talmud and Midrashim as secular history or the history within the community that they don't necessarily agree with. It's the same time. It is still history. It is still history of the community of the individuals who had written the Bible. So therefore, these are very helpful things in helping a person to understand the Bible and to understand how things were meant in terms of idiomatic expression and how things were in terms of the way things were interpreted and seen during those times in history. Okay. Now this is very important. So therefore, when we get into this, we have so many people that want to make up their own ideology. Again, 2000 years after the fact, based upon the way that it is that they see it halfway around the world. You see why this is problematic. You see why it is that the, uh, you know, even though I'm not, you know, uh, you know, I'm not pro-Catholic by any stretch of the imagination. The thing about those, you understand why it is that Protestants have 35,000 different denominations. Why? Because, oh, uh, you know, terminology can be seen in a different way many years later. And so, therefore, I'm going to interpret this different than the way that it was interpreted 50 years ago. So, therefore, this right here is a uh, doctrinal thing that it is that sets me apart from this denomination and that denomination and so on and so forth. All of Protestantism, each and every single one of the 35,000 different denominations, is based upon the idea of, first of all, going and rejecting history and going and rejecting you know, these things that are, that, that are a part of, you know, early doctrine and so on and so forth saying, you know what, we're going to make up our own. We're going to make up our own in the way that it is that we see it today without having to go back to those early, those early uh, nuggets and so on and so forth. And the thing about it though, is that we have other individuals in the Bible who are much like this group, the Ephraimite identity slash two house movement. That, are, that is found within that of John chapter 4. Within John chapter 4, we have this woman at the well. The woman is a Samaritan. And the Samaritans, basically, they separated themselves from the Jewish community, much in the same way that the Hebrew Roots Movement has. And they said, you know what, we're going to do things our own way. We're going to do things based upon the way that it is that we understand it and all that stuff. They even had their own canon that was separate from the Jewish canon. Now, the funny thing about that is that we see the Hebrew Roots Movement doing the same thing, trying to add these later books that are like 16th century and later, such as Enoch, Jasher, you know, Toldot, and, you know, all these others, trying to add these to the canon. And so you, you see the very same thing going on here. And they even had a different temple up there on Mount Gerizim had a different temple altogether, said, yeah, we're not going to Jerusalem. We're going uh, to, to Gerizim to go and do this. You know, we got the Frank Sinatra thing going on here. I did it all. I did it my way. You know, and that's kind of the way that it is that they operated. And so basically Yeshua goes and takes issue with this woman for a variety of reasons, but he kind of really goes and shuts her down in chapter 4 of the book of John, verse 22, and he says, You people don't know what you are worshiping. We worship what we do know. Um, let's see. Uh, I lost my place. 
because salvation comes from the Jews. Okay, now the thing about it though is that let's say that it is that a person within that of the Ephraimite identity slash two house movement hears that verse. They then go and say, no, 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 wait a minute. The Jews back then are not like the Jews today. They're trying to go and make it sound like, you know, Christianity in the way that it has 35,000 different denominations. Do you realize that Judaism is an over a 5,000-year religion, and yet at the same time you can count the amount of denominations or sects of Judaism on one hand? On one hand. That's it. So that's a big difference, big difference. And so the thing about it, though, is they say, well, you know, Judaism back then wasn't like the Judaism today. And as a matter of fact, this is the Jews. It doesn't say Judaism. The entire idea of ism is something that is a very modern thing, how we have these isms of today that are a part of something that is of a core, okay? And so we have an ism. All right. And so the thing about those to use to say that English phraseology is not found within the Hebrew or the Aramaic or the Greek or the Latin or what have you. Uh, well, of course not, because we didn't have this this English idea of ism. But it doesn't mean that Judaism didn't exist because you don't see the word Judaism. It didn't mean that these people who were who had the salvation were doing the, the exact same things that the Samaritans were doing because Yeshua himself goes and says, you don't even know what the hell you're doing. You know, that's essentially what he's saying. You guys don't know what you're doing. He said, salvation is of the Jews. We worship what we do know. And we see that, you know, throughout the Tadashevic Tavis, there's this sense of community of, hey, guys, get on back over here. Go and do, the, do this the right way. And this is why it is that we have all these people coming up to Moshe Rabbeinu and Yitro sitting over there going, dude, you need to go and uh, get some help here, man. You need to go and, you know, he's basically telling them to go and start the Sanhedrin. Saying, okay, we got Halakha. Here you go. And that's what we have going on here. And even more, you know, in terms to, to, to hammer this home, if we go to Igeret Romanim, the book of Romans, Take me just a second to get there. Each of the uh, Bibles that I have always has a different order <laughs> because everybody's trying to put them in the right order and all that stuff. Uh, we see here in Agarit Romanim, the book of Romans, chapter 3, verses 1 through 3, it says, Well, what advantage does the Jew have? What is the value of being circumcised? Much in every way. In the first place, the Jews were entrusted with the very words of God. That doesn't just mean that you're born into a family and it's like you got this uh, little oh, thing, you know, happening to where, you know, something is just shot right down into your skull. That's not the way that it works. OK, that's it's it's not some sort of a Marvel comic kind of thing. Instead, the thing we have to understand is we have to understand a little bit of Hebrew here. Let me go ahead and, you know, I'll go and write this on the board. OK, now, first of all, we have to point out what does the word Jew mean okay let's go ahead and put this up here I wasn't planning on doing this but here we have the word for Jew in Hebrew Yehudi okay now the, it comes from the word Yehud okay which means one who is consecrated okay and so 
Yehudi, what it means is one who is consecrated unto Hashem. That's what it means. Many people in the two house movement will say it means a person who is derived from the tribe of Judah. Now, the thing about it though is the person could almost make that claim, first of all, if they rejected the history. Okay, why, why is the history so important here? Because we're going to go back to remember when we were talking about Ezekiel chapter 37, verses 17 through 19, where people go and make the argument of the two sticks and thinking that that hasn't been fulfilled yet. Well, if we go to mid to the Midrash Rabbah, there's a huge issue with that as well as the secular history, because we see that after the, the diaspora, the tribes came back into Israel and they all assimilated into the tribes of Judah. And this is why it is that we end up seeing in the Medrash Rabbah that it says when Mashiach comes, he will go and let people know when uh, or know what tribe it is that they are associated with and so on and so forth, or he will go and assign them to one, you know? And so, you know, and all of this stuff. And then we see that we have Jonathan, who is a, you know, part of the sacred name Baal movement here, trying to uh, push this stuff even further here on here on this feed, trying to get us off track of what it is that we're talking about. And that's one of their tactics. That's what it is that they do. But anyway, the thing about it, though, is that we see, first of all, that we see that uh, God essentially has, you know, uh, he has entrusted the Jewish people with these oracles. Now we go into chapter 13 of the book of Romans, verses 1 through 7, we have this entire thing reminding us again to listen to the ruling authorities, which indeed is the Sanhedrin. And so, um, you know, this is all a huge part of this. This is all a huge part of this. And so these are things that we have to, um, to, uh, to keep in mind. And so, you know, this is, this is a huge part of this. And so, therefore... The thing about it, though, is that uh, let's take Jonathan here. Let's see if Jonathan can answer this question here. First of all, Jonathan, do we do you believe that we should keep what it says in the Torah portions, Mishpatim and Shoftim? Do you believe that it is that uh, that those are a part of Torah Shevik Tav, of the written word of the Torah, and that we should keep those two Torah portions, an entire six chapters of a huge premise? That it is that, you know, um, that first of all, that, that it is that we should keep. You know, uh, do you think that we should keep those two Torah portions and the things within them? We do, uh, I, I, got, I, don't, I don't know if there's a lag or something there, but uh, anyway, we haven't gotten a, a response from, from Jonathan on this. Okay, here we go. Jonathan says, we keep what applies to us. Okay. So when God says to go and do as the Sanhedrin says, or the penalty of death, that means those rulings apply, right? Not all the Torah applies to everyone. No, this is to the entire community. The entire community has to listen to what it is that the show team say. Okay. Don't, 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 don't try and skip out on this now. Now, first of all, this is a you know something you know again we're not going to let Jonathan get us get us too off track there but you know simply said the Sanhedrin says that any person who goes and declares that Tekiah, the resurrection of the dead and that and if they try and pronounce the ineffable name then they have no share 
in the Elom Haba. Okay, well, an Ivrit or a Hebrew, <laughs> I guess he doesn't know the terminology. An Ivrit or a Hebrew is somebody who's just starting out. They have broken through a spiritual bar barrier, then they become Ger Toshav, where they keep a little bit of mitzvahs. Then they go to Ger, to Ger Sadikim, where they keep it even more as they progress on down the line. So this guy doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. Just another one of those idiots from that movement. Um, and so you see how it is that, first of all, we see, you know, throughout the Bible, we see that uh, God, as well as that of Hashem, or, uh, or Yeshua, go, goes and says, um, to uh, go and listen and do as the Pharisees say and all of these things and how it is that the Jewish people, as a matter of fact, it says are entrusted with these words and so on and so forth. Uh, Jonathan, you don't you don't teach Hebrew, but big guy, nobody who's a part of the sacred name movement knows Hebrew because obviously you guys don't know uh, Kure and Katif. So this guy's trying to uh, derail this uh, broadcast here and we're not going to allow him to do that, as a matter of fact. So we are going to go and give him the boot but you know the whole thing about those if he knew hebrew then he would know that the word shem which i believe is what uh christopher there is putting in there actually um derives from um yep and see this is how it is that the he that the uh sacred name movement acts you know this is how these people are uh, <laughs> so we are going to uh go ahead and give jonathan the boot you know so so, so this is a part of uh the word, uh, but anyway, the word Shem, basically what that means, the word Shem in Hebrew, it means character and personality. Now, people try and go and take it and derive it into the 21st century idea of what it is that the word Shem um, actually means, which, you know, translates to name. But it actually better means uh, personality and uh, character. And so, you know, we see that uh, basically... I, apparently, you know, even though I have a, I'm a member of Menza, I'm, I'm an idiot. So that's good that Jonathan let me know that I am an idiot, uh, considering that I have a 154 IQ. I, I want to thank him for that. Uh, so um, he's going to love the fact that when the video version of this is out, people actually get to see his comments. So that's pretty cool. Uh, let's see. we got some other things here. Uh, Christopher says, act like Mashiach, not calling your brother's names. Absolutely. Um, let's see here. All right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we just got a bunch more there. All right. So, you know, this is, you know, again, again, this is what these people try and do. They try and, uh, go and derail a little bit and, uh, we're not going to allow that to happen. Yeah. He successfully did it there for a minute, but, uh, <laughs> we're trekking on here. And so the thing about it, though, is that when we get into this entire concept, one of the things that we end up seeing all throughout the Bible, first of all, is that there is a culture that it is that we have to understand. You know, we see here that it, that, that it says, it doesn't say, you know, in the verses that we read from John, it doesn't say, oh, the, uh, the, the for salvation is of the Hebrews, which is a person who has just broken past the spiritual barrier. They're, they're not even observant individuals yet. You know, this is why it is that, you know, when Paul is talking about, you know, these people starting out, he goes and tells them to go in the order of Avraham Avenu, you know, and calls them B'nai Avraham. Because of the fact that they started out as Ivrit, then became Ger Toshav, Ger Sadichim, uh, and Avraham Avenu is considered Avenu, our father, because of the fact that he is the first Jew. This is why it is that we referred to him as Avenu. Why it is that we've referred to Moshe Robenu as Robenu? 
you know, where this is where these terms come from is because of the fact that, first of all, the greatest prophet in all of Judaism is Moshe Rabbeinu. That's why he gets the title of Rabbeinu. And the father of all of Judaism is that of Avraham. And so this is something that is also within that of Tarash And so there's something that is a part of the Mishnah section and so on and so forth. So it's something that it is that we have to be familiarized with. Now, we ended up getting a question earlier on that I said that I would um, get back into here. And let, let me go and pull back up that questions here. Uh, okay, here we go. And this is the question from L which I believe, I think it came back up. Yeah, it says, please, Rabbi, what is the black box and the black straps? Okay, now that is what is called tefillin. Okay, we find the word tefillin used several different times within that of the uh, of the Torah Shebektav, as well as the Ketuvim, the Nevi'im, so on and so forth. Okay, um, and we also find it within that of Brit Tadashah as well. It's actually mentioned within that of chapter 23, most translations say phylacteries, and phylacteries is a horrible translation for tefillin or or tefis, or tefifos. Uh, it's a horrible trans 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 translation because phylacteries actually deals with something that would actually it was actually used for like a condom kind of thing. They were actually called phylacteries, but so phylacteries is not the right translation that you end up finding in many different Bibles. Um, just a horrible translation. It, it, it's actually, you know, to fill in, there is actually no real way to really translate that in all honesty, but that's what, what, what that is. We have the commandments that, uh, that, we, that we bind the commandments on, on our hands, you know, and, and, you know, and have them marked upon our foreheads. As a matter of fact, within that of the, uh, of the book of, um, of uh, Revelation, we end up seeing that those who follow Hashem have the mark of God, and it's talking about men, men only. It's, you know, talking because it says they've never laid with women. And the tefillin is a commandment for men because the commandment is B'nai Israel as opposed to Banot Israel in terms of the tefillin. So this is why it is that only men wear tefillin, but you have some of these offshoots like the women at the wall and so on and so forth, who uh, basically are the feminist movement of Judaism. And, you know, in, in all honesty, it's not even real Judaism. But, uh, but they wear tefillin, and this is a part of fulfilling that commandment. This is something that us men do when it is that we're in prayer. Now, the interesting thing is that within both of the, uh, of the, of the boxes that are a part of, the, are a part of the tefillin is each of them have a scroll within there that have, have within it the Shema and several other things, but there's also the coils as well. And the coils are set up like a feminine uterus. Okay, and so with with what this does is it helps a man go and connect, especially if he's single, to go and connect with his other half at the same time, understanding that it is that God made man and woman when he made Adom. And when he made Hava, he took from that of the side of Adom Horishon, of the first Adam. Took, you know, and so the thing about it though is that you know we see how it is that when man and wife come together, they are echad, okay? So this is not some sort of weird, perverted kind of thing like some people try and make it out to be and all that stuff. It's, it's, it's nothing like that. A person who tries to say these things is not thinking in the ways of, you know, anything Semitic or, or, or what have you in any way, shape, or form. Uh, do we have any other questions in terms of this, or does anybody want to challenge 
this uh, concept that actually has some sort of intelligence, unlike uh, Jonathan Matthew Wright. <laughs> so we can see that he's a part of that whole group, that uh, whole sacred name bowel movement and all that stuff, try to derail us here. And that's, you know, that's, again, one of the reasons why I don't add these people. This was started this whole conversation is hearing that this whole thing is, is a prominent idea. And you notice that uh, his entire mode there was to call me an idiot <laughs> as opposed to giving any sort of facts or any of these other things. Um, so, you know, I always find that funny. I always find that funny. But it doesn't seem that we have any other questions or anything or any other statements or challenges or what have you. But uh, one of the things I do want to do is I want to wish each and every single one of you, uh, considering that here in North Carolina, it is now sundown. So you know what that means? This was kind of like our Habdallah in many ways, you know, which is cool. You know, you guys kind of got to go and go into a little bit of a uh, of a cyber Habdallah, if you will. But uh, basically, um, I'm going to wish each and every single one of you uh, Shavuot Tov. Have a great week. And I want to thank all of you guys for joining us here today as we go through one of the craziest darn talking points I had ever heard in my life, okay? The idea that basically there is no such thing as Jews or Judaism, which is absolutely ridiculous, all right? So I'm going to wish each and every single one of you uh, shalom bracha, all right? Uh, peace and a blessing, shalom. So you want to learn Hebrew or Aramaic or maybe both? Make sure to check out HebrewandAramaic.com. All three of the instructors on the website have accredited Moray licenses to teach the languages that they teach on the website. You can take the lessons on your very own time, and they even have a Roku channel so you can learn from the comfort of your very own couch. With over 200 videos going step-by-step -step through the languages and all the various scripts and over 100 PDFs of exercises and quizzes, this is the most thorough set of lessons that you'll find anywhere on the languages of the Tanakh and the Brit Hadashah. So visit HebrewAndAramaic.com today and sign up for only $15 a month.